Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. We are getting very scary close to the end of... So close. Harry Potter like, and the Goblet of Fire. It's right there. We can, we can reach out and touch it. Yeah, yeah, we can. And then it's... get transported some to some evil graveyard. Oh no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, we're going to talk about chapter 36 today. Uh, chapter 37 is the last chapter. So this is the penultimate chapter. Yes, this is your favorite chapter? Because you like to use the word? I do like to use that word. No. Penultimate. Penultimate. Second to last. Mm-hmm. Which is where I usually finish. So the last is just the ultimate? It, it, it's the gonna, ultimate it's, chapter? It's going to be the <laughs> ultimate feeling to get through this book. Because, eh. <laughs> but I've had a lot of people tell me that the next book is one of their favorites. Would I be one of those people? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those people. <laughs> no, I am. I'm but telling I am. You. I did say that. Last time was chapter 35, Veritaserum. Harry and Cedric port key back to Hogwarts. Harry is saying that Voldemort is back, Cedric is dead, there's a bit of chaos. Moody whisks Harry away to the castle and takes Harry to Moody's office. We learn that Moody was the inside man at Hogwarts for Voldemort. Dun, dun, dun. But Moody is really Barty Crouch Jr. Dun, dun, dun again. The one whom Mr. Crouch put away in Azkaban years ago. How could that be? Barty, uh, Barty Jr. was broken out of Azkaban by Mr. and Mrs. Crouch as kind of a dying wish to Mrs. Crouch. Barty Jr. has been taking the place of Mad-Eye Moody this whole time, disguising himself using polyjuice potion. And the real Moody is in a magical gym bag. What? That's not what, that's not what it said. (laughs) What, 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 what was he in then? In my version, maybe you read a different version, Daniel. Yeah, that's probably what it is. In my version, he's in a magical multi-layered trunk. Sounds like a gym bag with a lot of pockets in it. (laughs) Barty Jr. has been pulling the strings all along, responsible for basically everything that's happened to Harry this year, including him having trouble finding a date to the dance. Oh, poor Harry. Uh, when it looks like Barty Jr. is going to finish off Harry, Dumbledore, Snape, and McGonagall burst in for the save, and the staff members use truth serum on Barty Jr. to get him to confess to all his misdeeds. Which he basically already did. Yeah, but they weren't there for it. Yeah, so we he gotta said, do it again. Said it to Harry. And as we know, we can't trust Harry Potter. No, definitely not. We'll find out in this chapter. Haven't you, haven't you read the papers? <laughs> I was going to sing a song there, but I I thought I had one that I couldn't. It slipped away? Yeah. Uh, Chapter 36, I'll I'll get it back, though. The Parting of the Ways. And the Parting of the Ways is referring to, I'm guessing, Fudge and Dumbledore? Kind of parting? Kind of parting ways. Of the ways here. Certain people also leave Mm -hmm. to go places. Yeah, kind of get assignments here mm-hmm. uh, to go do things. But the big one, I think, in this chapter is kind of the the power struggle between two of the highest people in the wizarding world, that being Cornelius Fudge, the head of the Ministry of Magic, and uh, arguably the most powerful wizard in the world, Albus Dumbledore. And they really are not going to see eye to eye by the end of this chapter and that's a big deal when the Dark Lord is back. We need to have these guys on the same page. Everybody needs to be on the same page. But especially these two. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the head of Hogwarts and the head of the ministry really need to be on the same page. And they are not, as we're going to talk about in this chapter. Dumbledore takes Harry to Dumbledore's office to get information on exactly what happened. And they are met in the office by Sirius. The big black dog. That McGonagall had to fetch from the pumpkin patch. And they did say in the book that Sirius looked as worn down and haggard as he had when he got out of Azkaban. So is that just because of everything that's transpired like in the last 30 minutes? Or is that is just cave life for you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been he living is. in a cave on the outskirts of Hogsmeade. For, for months. 
living off of he was living off like rats for a while there, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. He was just hoping one of them was actually Wormtail. But, um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously he hasn't been taking great care of himself. There aren't a lot of comforts. Not a lot of a vitamin cage. shops and yeah. hogs made. <laughs> He's living in a cage. Living in a cave. Uh, yeah, not a lot of vitamins. Not Probably not seeing a lot of sun. Mm-hmm. At least not, like, on his skin as a human. Yeah, but then add to it the stress of being stuck in Dumbledore's office not really knowing what's going on and probably hearing the chaos hearing things from the portraits too don't forget about them running in and out talking about things probably yeah he's on edge Harry is still in emotional and mental shock and still in tremendous physical pain as well but Dumbledore insists on questioning Harry now Uh, Sirius is asking if it can wait till morning but Dumbledore is very insistent that he do it now is that because he wants to address it while it's still fresh in harry's brain or is it just like hey the dark lord's back we literally don't have a second to spare what do you think it more leans toward oh why do you say it that way now i can't say a bit of both what you want me to say what more leans i think it's more hold on hold on hold on (laughs) so do you think it's that the Dark Lord is back and we don't have a minute to spare? Or do you think it's the fact that Dumbledore wants to get this information out of Harry while it's still fresh in his memory? A bit of both, Daniel. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I have to lean towards one or the other. You don't, have to, you, don't, you don't have to lean at all. You don't do any leaning. I think it's... It's just both. It's all fresh in his mind. (laughs) If I had to lean toward (laughs) one or the other, pause for dramatic effect, it's both. It's just both. He doesn't know how bad things are, and he wants to get a handle on that, and he wants, in order to do that, he needs to get the information from Harry while it's fresh. Why not let Harry sleep and then just suck the information out with that magic, uh, straw that he had <laughs> that i don't know you um, could put it in the little pensive cereal bowl it could have been like he was there it would have been even better than yeah he could have been there that would have been even better than having harry uh, give him the lowdown but when you do that does the person still remember or do you take it out why are you asking me i don't know <laughs> you're the i am the wrong person to be asking any uh in-depth harry potter well, maybe there's stuff. a chance of damaging the memory it could happen. Well, uh, when Harry gets to the part where Wormtail took Harry's blood to resurrect Voldemort, both Dumbledore and Sirius, who are normally unrattled by everything, get suddenly get very rattled. So why were they so kind of taken back by the fact that that Wormtail took Harry's blood in order to to resurrect Voldemort was it the realization that now Voldemort can get to Harry physically uh which he couldn't before or was it something else um yeah it's the he lost that level of protection Mm -hmm. there are others that we'll learn about like Dumbledore's been doing things all this time to try and make sure that Harry stays safe and this is one of the things that was part of that, although he didn't actually do it. But, that but was, he that was, was using some, it. Yeah, that was something that he was that Dumbledore was at least able to kind of have as a safety net mm-hmm. against all against all odds or against all evil things that are going on in the world. It took a couple of chapters, but we I finally got to know what priori incantatum means. <laughs> Yes. And it's pretty much what you told me on the last episode uh, about that reverse spell effect, which forced Voldemort's wand to spit out the last few spells he's performed. Uh, I was a little confused about Sirius's reaction to this because Sirius seemed to be somewhat aware of what a reverse spell is, but also not really. He was kind of like, when when Dumbledore muttered Priori Incantatum 
under his breath. Sirius was like, ah, I also know Latin. <laughs> Reverse spell. But then he was like, well, what does that mean? What does it mean? Um, and when I was reading that, I kind of also was trying to remember if it was mentioned, like literally mentioned at the very beginning of the book. Because remember when they found Harry's wand in the forest and somebody had summoned the dark mark and they were like, well, we can, we can look and see what the last spell was that this mm. wand pointed out. So I forgot all about that. I think there was some breadcrumb, breadcrumbs for us to follow there. I'm trying to remember too. So like when I'm, I think Sirius would be vaguely familiar with this because of him being a criminal. If they could get his wand, then they could see what spell he did. He could, they could tell if he blew up Wormtail, things like that. So I think because of being in trouble with the law, he might be familiar with it there, but not really exactly what it does. Also, he wasn't probably the best student. He was kind of a, uh, you know, partier. Well, he did have a magical map that could let you get away with all kinds of shenanigans. He did. Him and his friends worked together very hard on that. I'm not saying he's not bright. I'm just saying he didn't probably pay attention to things he didn't need to know. When the Weasley twins look up to you as, like, the tricksters then you know that you probably you know were up to some shenanigans while you were at hogwarts uh there's talk of how voldemort and harry's wands are brothers because they share the same core that being uh the phoenix tail feather core did we know before that the phoenix in question was actually fox no and i didn't remember like i couldn't remember where we find that out or even if we only suspected it and it was confirmed i just couldn't remember until we read this i was like oh okay i guess that's where i learned learned it from so is this why fox seems to be so fond of harry or is it just because dumbledore is also fond of harry that fox seems to like him too bit of both <laughs> okay because wouldn't this also mean Harry's that Fox, also likable too? So that let's Fox just would like all three? too, because he's got his no, wand. because he's doing bad things with it. Okay, so Fox can tell if you're a good boy or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what does Dumbledore mean when he says the wands won't work properly against each other? Um, we learn more about this later, but they just. Does that mean that be, because Voldemort was throwing all kinds of killing curses at Harry and was just missing, you know, they were hitting the gravestones and things like that. Mm -hmm. Did that mean that if he Voldemort tried a killing curse on Harry, it might not kill him all the way? It might not. I, I don't know. Not be as effective. I that's don't know. Harry. It's not Harry's wand, but because the two wands connected to each other. So if. Somebody else was dueling and their spells connected with each other, it wouldn't have the same it effect. Would pro yeah, no, it would probably just be one, whichever one was stronger would overpower the other a bit more easily. I don't think they'd have that connection. Uh, Dumbledore will set Harry up in the infirmary with a nice sleeping potion for dreamless sleep. So I guess, so at least he won't have to have nightmares about what happened. You know, he can just rest. Yeah, his recent trauma. So Harry can recover. The Weasleys and Hermione will be allowed to join Harry as long as they don't disturb him. <laughs> if they sit there quietly and don't bother him. My favorite part, though, is Sirius is still technically an escaped criminal. Yes. And no one knows Sirius is working in secret with Dumbledore. So Sirius just turns back into a dog before everyone else shows up. <laughs> yeah, no big. And when people are wondering why a random dog is accompanying Harry to the infirmary, Dumbledore just says, don't worry, he's well-trained. It's fine. He's a good boy. <laughs> he's a good boy. He's a good boy. It was like, uh, and I think, I think Molly Weasley is even kind of like a, the Grim. The Grim is here. <laughs> no, in the hospital wing, that's never a good sign. 
But Dumbledore's like, no, it's good. He's what he's very well trained. We we want you want him to go. He's very well trained. He's a good boy. He can be here till he doesn't want to be here anymore. And Harry doesn't take all of his sleeping potion because he falls asleep before he can finish it. Yeah, he's like already so exhausted. Yeah, he's kind of probably just he's probably should have chugged it. He's probably just kind of just, you know, taking... Well, you never know how that stuff's going to taste. <laughs> Sipping on it a you little gotta bit. You got to know what you're getting into. Why couldn't they do like what Walgreens does? They can add like a little flavor to the medicine. A little grape, a little cherry, something like that, a little orange. No. You got to toughen these kids up. Don't have that in the magical world? Nope. Uh, what do you think Arthur Weasley would say if he... Got a prescription. Oh, it's just he's like Jerry. Magic doesn't, or uh, you know, magical potions don't have to taste terrible. <laughs> terrible! This is amazing. Could, could you see him with one of those Coke machines, like the freestyle machines? Yeah. Where you could, like oh, just, any flavor. His head everything. would explode. His head would explode. <laughs> He'd need the password though. <laughs> <laughs> we, so we went to the movies the other day. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, they they have those touchscreen machines. That the most popular version is the Coca Cola version. I did see a Pepsi version once. I have I th- not seen this. Yeah, I think it was at one of the theme parks we went to. Um, had a had a Pepsi version where you could. It's not nearly as widespread as the, the Coke version, but you can you know add flavors. You can mix flavors, and you know it's takes up a lot less space than you know having forty different dispensers. Well, I'm assuming to uh, access the settings or to turn these things on, there's like an the manager has to log in in the morning and uh, get it all set up for the day. And we went to a movie. You know, it was in the it was in the morning. Yeah. No, it was it. No, it was around it was like noon. noon. Yeah. So you know, they hadn't had many movies playing during during the day so far, and I think a couple of the machines weren't even on yet. Or maybe one of the uh, frozen the frozen, frozen ones drinks machines on, weren't but on yet. The the freestyles were all. But on. you could tell that they were. You know, it's early. They're kind of operating at half capacity right yes. now. There's not a lot of people there. And uh, a gentleman in front of us ordered a drink and went over to the machine to get his soda, and came. Well, well, first, he came back to his wife and said, "I need the receipt." <laughs> I didn't and, know that part. Because she was still waiting for her popcorn or whatever. I didn't know so that part. So I heard him come okay. over and go, I need the receipt. I need the code. Give me the receipt. Where's the receipt? I need the code. And there, he's hanging mad at her. And so <laughs> she gives him the receipt. He goes away. And I'm like, what is he talking about? See, I missed that part. I just saw when he came <laughs> back. So He came back maybe 30 seconds to a minute later, I guess the second time, mm-hmm. with the receipt and asked the worker at the concession stand, What's the I, password? I don't. The code for the machine's not on my receipt. And the guy and the the gentleman who was working looked at him like he had six foreheads or something like that. <laughs> Sir, what are you talking about? What? And t- turns out, to make a long story short, to make a long story even longer. Yes. The, one of the machines. I think had, it was two of them. Had not been logged in yet, to so that normies like us can have access to the delicious <laughs> drinks inside and the gentleman figured that as a way to prevent non-paying customers from accessing delicious drinks at no charge that when you purchase putting it in they sneak a cup in that when you purchase said delicious drink your receipt will provide you with a passcode that you will enter to get access to the delicious drinks inside of said machine. Turns out, no, sir, that's not what it is. No. The manager had just not logged in yet. <laughs> and I think the worker even said, like, no, there shouldn't be a code you have to put in. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about, but... Oh, adding flavor to to, to, to magical things. Uh, you need a code. We got it. Yeah, that and maybe that's why Harry couldn't do it. Yeah, man, Poppy, Poppy didn't. Do it. Poppy yeah. didn't give him the code. Uh, Harry, like I said, doesn't take all the sleeping potion, uh, so he sleeps for a little bit. 
and he wakes up like you know feeling pretty good. Uh, Fox had put uh, I think a tear on his legs. Yes, tears in his legs. His legs all healed up. So he's starting to feel a lot better, but he wakes up to some hustle and bustle in the infirmary, and we've got a particularly ticked off Professor McGonagall. What's going on here? Oh, yeah, she mad. What's going on? Um, so, yeah, she charges in, Snape's there, Fudge is there, apparently he brought a Dementor into the school with him. Cornelius as, Fudge did. Yes, as a personal bodyguard. And went to um, interrogate... Barty Crouch Jr. Yes. <clears throat> and See, I know stuff. You know stuff. <laughs> and it, it just, you know, walked in, the, or floated, floated in the door and, mm-hmm. and killed him. No big. So, Fudge was too scared to interrogate... To interrogate an incapacitated Barty Crouch Jr., even with McGonagall there. Even with McGonagall Barty there. Barty is... She had things under control. Barty is wandless. Barty is uh, tied up. Barty has McGonagall, a very uh, adept wizard, uh, witch, I should say. Standing guard. Standing guard. But We're in the castle full of <laughs> professors. So Fudge still didn't feel comfortable, so Fudge summons a Dementor to accompany him, even though Dumbledore insisted that Dementors not be let inside the castle. Yes. Uh, I think it was it was it this book or was it last book? It feels last like so long ago where we had Dementors uh, patrolling the the castle grounds. grounds. Yeah. But Dumbledore would not let them. That was inside. when they were looking for serious. And of course. Dementor's gonna dement, right? Exactly. <laughs> they don't like this guy. He got away from them. So the Dementor comes Made in. Made look like fools. Gives the, the kiss of death to Immediately. Barty Jr. And Barty's gone and we can't interrogate. And it's really a shame that Fudge... Cause, because I think if Fudge could have heard what Barty had to say via truth serum or, or just villain bragging... It's a shame that Fudge didn't get to hear any of the confessions from Barty Jr. because Fudge is in total denial about Harry's story, right? Yeah, I don't think that it really would have helped Fudge because he's convinced that the guy was a raving lunatic. And and he even says, I'm sure he believed he was working for the Dark Lord. Mm. But, but that confession, if other people could have witnessed it or he could have actually gone to trial and, you know, been in front of... A whole jury, like like we saw in the memories, that would have convinced more people, you know. And then it would have just been, every, it wouldn't have just been Fudge's word against Dumbledore and Harry. But it's pretty much all of Harry's story that Fudge just thinks is poppycock, right? Yes. What are some examples of some of the things that? Uh, because it it was it felt like. Dumbledore was like, well, Harry said this. And Fudge was like, well, that could be, you know, written off as blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was like everything that Dumbledore and Harry were were coming with, Fudge was dismissing. He was saying, you know, that Harry is prone to telling stories. He mentions even, oh, this is worse than the story he told last year. And then he was saying, oh, he's prone to having these pains in his head and passing out, and aren't these just hallucinations? His scars making him hallucinate. And then he was kind of naming, Harry was naming off the Death Eaters that he saw in the graveyard, and they're like, eh, that's everybody knows. Yeah, you could have read that in a book or something Yeah, that. that those people used to be Death Eaters, but they were cleared. They're fine. They're not a problem. You're just accusing people. Yeah, there was... Uh, so, while you were talking, I was looking up okay. in, in the book, and, you know, Fudge says, why he killed them? Well, there's no mystery to that. He's a raving lunatic. From what Minerva and Severus told me, he seems to have thought he was doing it all, and you know whose instructions. And the fact that the Minister of Magic... Won't sti- say it. St- still won't say it. Still won't say the word Voldemort. I mean, it's... It kind of tells you what we're who we're working with here. You know, we're working with a, you know, a denier. You know, just like the people that talk about uh, the the election being stolen, and people there. There's people out there that deny that the Holocaust happened. 
I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it happened. We have, there's proof. It's right there. Ah, well, that could be, you know, that could be anything. That could be anything. It just kind of goes on like this for a little while, but there's one line here in particular where Fudge says, you are prepared to believe that Lord Voldemort has returned on the word of a lunatic murderer and a boy who, well, and Harry says, you've been reading Rita Skeeter, Mr. Fudge. Mm -hmm. So not only is Cornelius Fudge such a wimp that he can't even say the word Voldemort, uh, he re he's reading the tabloids. the the smut the, the smut the newspapers tabloids. <laughs> in in wrestling they call it the dirt sheets. It's ah. like the it's like the National Enquirer, like the back the dish this the you know the behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why I almost said dirt sheet, but yeah, the tabloids, the, the you know the the smut magazines. Yeah, he's wanting to use Rita Skeeter's nonsense to hurt harry's credibility right as as his reasons why you shouldn't believe this boy you know that's like if you were writing a a paper for a college paper and you uh use the like i said like the national Enquirer as like a cited <laughs> source well, see i would use tmz and my teacher would be like that's not a real source i'm like they know they always everything. know everything they know everything before anybody else does. They, they broke the J-Lo engagement. They know I'm, what I'm having for dinner tonight. I haven't even decided yet. Oh, but they know. But they know. They sure do. Um, yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at with the, you know, he was talking about, oh, but Harry's prone to these pains and these fits where he passes out. Uh, that's all from Rita so Skeeter. So you could have just been like imagining that because of that migraine, that magic migraine you yeah, get all the you, time. You, your head was hurting. You just, you just dreamed it all. Doesn't really explain how Cedric died, but they're they're going with it. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that that really gets me. It's like a kid is dead. Like, how does Fudge think that happened? Or blame it on Crouch Junior. But that doesn't. He wasn't there. He didn't disappear with the boys. No. But Fudge is just so. I guess he's just so afraid to. He's so scared of what the repercussions of. Voldemort being back would be that once he acknowledges that Voldemort is back, that makes it real. That and the fact that he is in charge. So that means it's his responsibility to deal with it. Right. So let's not. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. I mean, it's kind of like the pandemic when, you know, when the pandemic happened under President Trump's watch, there was nothing that President Trump did to make the pandemic happen, mm -hmm. but the fact that this horrible thing happened under his watch, I think the president felt like sometimes he had to minimize how bad it was because everybody, otherwise everybody was going to associate this horrible thing happening with him, with him. Forever. Even though he, you know, he's, for all the other crazy things he's done, <laughs> he didn't do this, <laughs> you know? Uh, same thing with, uh, President Bush in 9-11. You know, President Bush felt like he had to, you know, kind of take way more than drastic actions with, uh, the war in the Middle East, which ended up becoming invading and taking over Iraq, which really had nothing to do with 9-11. But President Bush kind of felt like he needed to, to do you know, something overcorrect otherwise to i'm going to be associated with a show this, of strength right i'm going to be associated with the most you know horrible uh terrorist attack on on u.s soil in history so maybe fudge is kind of feeling that same way where he doesn't want it to be real and so i'm just going to find every reason why it can't be real because if it gets out there that this is real then this that's my legacy mm -hmm. that's that's where i'm at uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good point. Uh, Dumbledore mentions a couple of measures that need to be taken now that Voldemort is officially back, despite what Fudge is saying. Dumbledore says we need to remove control of Azkaban from the Dementors, and we need to extend an olive branch to the Giants. So can you uh, expand on both of those? Uh, well, the Dementors, and Dumbledore has to spell it out for... 
uh, Fudge, too. He's like very, they prefer him to us. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> they are evil things. That they like would, killing. <laughs> and he's going to turn them loose and let them do whatever they want. And they don't have to follow orders anymore. You know, follow They're your orders. They're called Dementors. <laughs> There's a, a, a scene in the, and I've only seen like the gif of it. I haven't seen the actual movie. But the Bumblebee movie, the like the Transformers prequel, mm-hmm. John Cena's character says, they're literally called Deceptic- Decepticons. Does that not put up any red flags for anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Their name comes from the word deception. Well, that's because they transform into other things. Uh-huh. And so it's deceptive. And Dementors. Yeah. Yeah. Comes from, I guess, demon. So, yeah, I wanted to get. Or demented. I wanted to get to this point where we're talking about how clearly their allegiance will be to the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. They were on his side before. Then they crossed over and said, okay, we'll, we'll play by the rules and we'll work for you. But they're not happy. They don't want to just sit in Azkaban and deal with prisoners. They want to have free reign to do whatever they want. Yeah. Suck as many souls as they want, too. So the Dementor that came in and killed crouch before he could confess anything mm. just saying i didn't even think of that i didn't even think of that mm-hmm. so maybe we've uh maybe you're saying that maybe hinting that maybe the dementor did Gotten that rid of a key witness so yeah like the uh i uh, like the spies that have like the uh <laughs> the, the fake the, tooth, the fake tooth. <laughs> And maybe, and maybe that's what, you know, Crouch is an evil, insane person. I'm sure Crouch was totally okay with that. Because in, in that situation, that's probably the best way that Barty Crouch Jr. could serve the Dark Lord is by having his soul sucked out and not Silencing giving Silencing him so he yeah. can't give away any secrets. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he was, he's glad to sacrifice himself for the evil cause too. Because crazy. So I didn't even think of that. I thought, I just thought, I just assumed it was the Dementor would be like, like a hungry dog that you put a, a piece of meat in front of. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much you don't eat that meat, don't you evil, do it. Stinky, smelly, <laughs> rotten meat. That dog is so hungry that just you know kind of nature take took over uh but i didn't think about the fact that you know dementors are already kind of you know just naturally leaning toward the voldemort side and they've just kind of been uh playing nice for lack of a better term you know these years until they get the opportunity to really you know let loose the way they want to let loose I don't want to, I mean, are they compensated? I'm kind of like. <laughs> are they compensated? It's kind of like they're enslaved. <laughs> they get, they get a nice little paycheck every I don't know every, that they do. They get a nice little paycheck. I the mean, wizarding world is very. I don't know if it accounts for inflation or anything like that. Us and them. And if you're not a wizard, you're not a real being. They hand them a, ba- a bag of galleons and it just goes right through them. Because, oh. oh, we can't even spend it. <laughs> oh, you don't want these? I guess I'll take we them can't back. Ma- we can't materialize hands and accept this money. <laughs> well, they have bony hands. So they could accept they the could, galleons. They could, but where are they going to spend them at? I they, don't know. They go to put it in their pocket and it just falls to the ground. <laughs> No, I'm pretty more like they're enslaved. I don't think they're getting paid. Okay. I think it's a, you're lucky we're letting you Well, live. maybe they're like the house elves and they're like it. <laughs> they, no. They've, they've been, they've, people have been convinced that, well, the house elves like their work. They say they like it. They say they don't need to get paid. But see, there's this, and maybe then we the talk mentors about are the same way. The giants, and they're like, "Oh no, Fudge is like, we can't, we can't extend an olive branch to the giants. People hate the giants. They're horrible. They're evil. We're not extending an olive branch to the to the giants." And he even says, "It will be the end of my career. People will hate me." If for I'm this. the one who brings the giants back after we we worked so hard for so many years to get them all isolated and away from not only the Muggles but away from just the wizarding community in general. I'm going to be the one that, that brings them back. And the, the, this, uh, 
Is that like a race? I just said race. Yeah, it's race, like a race. Of, of magical creatures that everybody hates. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a little kind of throwaway line there that uh, Dumbledore said he wanted to see both Hagrid and Madame Maxine. Madame Maxine. If she was if, willing. If, yeah, if she was willing. So maybe that is going to be a strategy that Hag- or that Dumbledore uses to maybe reach out to the, the giant community. Although Madame Maxine is just big boned. Just big boned. But things are different now. Mm-hmm. Things are different. Yeah, there we're kind of to the point now that if the Dark Lord is back, we kind of need to pull out all the stops. You know, we maybe Dumbledore will talk some sense into Madame Maxine. Like, listen, everybody knows you're a giant. <laughs> Look at you. Stop denying it. The world's gonna end if we don't get together on this. Uh, but Fudge leaves in a huff. And seems there's going to be a lot of drama between Dumbledore and Fudge in the near future. Dumbledore starts making plans to uh, covertly address the Voldemort issues without Fudge, right? Yeah. Kind of sends all his people off in different directions. Yeah. He's, he's pulling his strings. He's, you know, already confirming with Molly, are you guys with me? She's, of course, the Weasleys are with you. Okay, then I need Arthur and his connections with the Ministry. So Arthur, Arthur's kind of kind of do like some like some covert like uh recruitment maybe in the ministry or and you caught that little line too didn't you where she was like oh yeah we know what fudge is he's been mm. basically prejudiced against Mr. Weasley mm-hmm. because he is interested and he, yeah. kind and accepting of muggles He's just not anti-muggle. Yeah, doesn't see himself as greater than greater than muggles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where I mean we've had these ongoing themes of like prejudice mm-hmm. and exclusion and stuff, but it's all like really coming out now. And you don't see you don't see Fudge as as bad as like the Malfoys, just because of the way. They they present themselves. Fudge presents himself as like a jolly, you know, Aww. guy with 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 the uh, the prince boots. Yes, <laughs> the boots that the musical artist Prince probably would wear. Uh, but I, but there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, he's... there. Just because of you know he puts on a happier face about it. There's a lot of prejudice and bias there, and he's the head of the ministry. So, you know, we've seen in this country, if the head of your country is a hateful person at heart, that trickles down and it gives everybody else a lot of courage to show that when they may have kind of held it back for so long. We probably just lost half of our listeners, by the way. With all, yeah, with all the, this has been a very with, with all the Trump talks, heavy... Sorry, um... <laughs> Politics chat with Jess and Dan. We're breaking the, down the, the, the Harry Potter edition. We're gonna be breaking down the primaries. We're gonna let you know what what uh, what your ward is doing in the upcoming election. No, I would like to think if you're a Harry Potter fan, then you're you've learned your lesson about being hateful and <laughs> oh, taking inclusion. shots at taking shots at J.K. Rowling now too. No, I didn't mean it like that. I mean if you read the books, it's all about being accepting and not being prejudiced. I mean, even in the in the wizard community, there's the pure blood versus the mud blood. Like they're I'm sure very I've, I'm sure I've said this before. Very picky about who they like. But I can't remember if I said it on this show. The Saved by the Bell reboot, there's a, a line where they said We we can't talk about that person they're like they're like uh they who shall not be named from harry potter and the one character goes Voldemort. they go no jk rowling (laughs) (laughs) no jk rowling so uh sirius is going to go off and meet up with well before he gets his assignment sirius returns to human form in front of everyone oh my gosh (laughs) i love that part i was like mom shut up i was like what Mom, it's not that big a deal. God, I've just I've been hanging out with him in the cave. We're cool. It's yeah, cool. it's fine. He didn't. He's, Everybody he's, knows he didn't do it, <laughs> including Snape. Uh, Snape's there. 
I thought that was weird that it was like, because Sam knows, right? He knows he? that the Sirius can transform into a dog. Does he? Didn't we see him? Because they fought Lupin when he was a werewolf. The dog was there. Like, I feel like he would know these. He would know this. Or maybe it was just the fact that Snape found or felt that, like, if my, if the person I hate the most in the world was a dog, like, could turn into a dog, I would find, I would. I'd be so mad. No, like, but I want to be able to turn into a dog, and you turn into a dog. No, and I don't no, like that's, you. no, that's that's not what I meant. I would be so mad, though. I would just think it would be more. Uh, it would be more. It would be more easy to swallow to be around that person. I go, oh, I can't be mad at you though, because oh. <laughs> you're you're a dog. You love the dog. But then when he turns back into a serious black person. Snape's like, face. oh, god, there's that face I hate. Can you turn back into face. a dog again? It's a little bit, uh, you know, like I said, easier to swallow if okay. the person you hate is <laughs> turned. Oh, he's a cute doggy. Oh, no, I don't like you. Oh, he's a cute doggy again. <laughs> but uh, Sirius gets uh, his assignment. He's going to go find Lupin and go find somebody oh, else. a whole bunch of people. But. He just says the old gang. Yeah, the I mean, old he names gang. a couple of names. I recognize the names because the they come gang. up in later the old books. Crew. But yeah, he says the old crew. We're getting back the band back together, and there's kind of a little back and forth between Dumbledore and Snape, where Dumbledore says something like, um, "Very mis- mysterious." Are you prepared, are you prepared to do prepared what you to need do to do? What, you know, you need to do right. Coming up, mm-hmm. The thing. The thing we talked thing we about, talked about. That nobody else knows about. <laughs> you know? And apparently Snape is. Yes. Yep. Got it. And at the end of the chapter, there's a loud slamming noise, which startles everyone, and Hermione has something in her hand. Yep. I guess we'll find out next chapter, but I think I know what it is. <laughs> I think I know what it is. I think I figured it out a while ago. Oh, aren't you a clever boy? <laughs> I think I am. Uh, but we got one chapter to go. This this was chapter 36, The Parting of the Ways. We will finish it up with chapter 37 next time. And also, our review slash compare contrast of the movie. The movie! So the next episode will be a little, little bit extended. Uh, because uh, after we talk about chapter 37, we will... Uh, get in the time or use the time turner and watch the movie, and then 30 seconds later we'll be back to talk about it. There you go. Uh, anything else you want to say about chapter 36, or you want to hear this week's email? Email, email, email. This one comes from Steve in Baltimore. Hey, Steve. And Steve sends this via broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, which you can always email us your thoughts and questions. And this is kind of a thought, but it, I guess it ends up with a question here. Okay. And it is directly uh, talking about one of our characters from this book who just had his soul sucked out. Oh. I think people underestimate how powerful a wizard Barty Crouch Jr. was. He was able to fool everyone at Hogwarts, including Dumbledore, was able to trick the Goblet of Fire, and is able to and was able to take down an Auror like Moody... Tactically, without killing him, where does Barty Crouch Jr. fall in the hierarchy of powerful wizards? A uh, bit of both? No, I can't say that one here. Six? <laughs> Six. <laughs> like on a scale of what? Um, we talked about that a little bit before. I said, how did he, how did he take down Moody? Like, how? I want to know. And do it without killing him. Like, doing it like, I could see, Somebody maybe getting lucky in a in a Speaking fight, up on him and getting a yeah. good shot in. But to be to be able to not only take Moody down, but take him down, just like subdue him to the point to where we can take trap his magic him in, eyeball off, trap him in the magical duffel bag, and you know gradually take his hair out to make uh, cherry flavored potions. It wasn't cherry flavored. The fact that Barty Crouch was able to do that. And able to trick the Goblet of Fire. 
and able to convince Snape and Dumbledore and McGonagall and everybody at Hogwarts that Barty Crouch was moody this whole time. I guess I didn't really think about, and you know, despite what we what you said earlier about how we kind of you know alluded to you know how he was able to do this. I guess I never really thought about it super deep. Well, how Barty Crouch was able to do all things, he must be you know pretty high on the the power scale. The main thing that I questioned was the how did he take down Moody. The rest, at least the theory of it, I all kind of attributed to. It was Voldemort's plan. Mm-hmm. Like he was just following the steps. Mm-hmm. That he, I, in my mind, I was like, oh, he didn't think of all this. Voldemort would, thought of it. But would he, Wormtail have been able to do that, even if he had all the steps? Yes, yeah. My brain didn't go that far. <laughs> I just kind of dismissed it. I was like, oh, that was Voldemort's plan. He came up with all these good mm-hmm. ideas, sneaky ideas. Yeah, it's one thing to have the idea, though. It's one. It's yeah, you have thing to be able to, to execute a, yeah. it. And, you know, in the story, it tells us, oh, well, he kept Moody close so that he could extract information from him so he would know what to say and what to do. But that all kind of felt a little flimsy because you don't know, like, if you're sitting down having lunch with Dumbledore, you can't run back and ask, Mm -hmm. how should I answer this question? Maybe he went to the bathroom a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. I have bathroom. to go to the bathroom. Again? You just went. Like, yeah, I, I have didn't a, go last time. I, have, I forgot. I have a bladder infection. <laughs> I have a, a kidney a stone. Kidney stone. <laughs> well, we could tell him he only has... Well, no, that wouldn't work. I was going to tell him he only has one kidney. He lost one in a fight, but that wouldn't help the fact that he had to go mm-hmm. to the bathroom a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, crazy people can pull off some crazy stuff. So Especially if they if they really believe in what they're doing, yeah, if they it, really have a reason for it. It was a combination of Voldemort's fail-proof plan. He believed in this, and he was crazy enough to just pull it off. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, more normal seeing people would be second guessing and mm-hmm. thinking and and nervous or yeah, no know, reservation. Yeah, no it. reservation about it. He just pulled this off. So Barty Crouch Jr. is surprisingly powerful. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Steve, for sending that in. Everybody else, please send us your thoughts and questions. Broomsticks.butterbeer at, easy for me to say, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. You can tweet us at broomsticksb. That's broomsticks followed by the letter B. No spaces, no underscores on Twitter. Uh, the likes on Facebook continue to go up. Every time I get on there, there's like, oh, 11 uh, new people liked from Six and Butterbeer on Facebook. So thank you, everybody, for uh, following us on Facebook as well. You can always well, find out when the new episodes are dropping. Episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like half of the, uh, uh, like. Does, does Facebook two, notify you two, when people don't? 250 <laughs> people unliked your page for political oh, reasons. Man. Uh, try to be as non-political as possible, but sometimes when the uh, comparisons are there... They're just so- there. If you can make that connection, sometimes that helps the audience get a better understanding of what you're thinking. Yes. So I'm not trying to instill our political views on you. Uh, having said that... No, I'm not going to <laughs> <laughs> Not going to say anything else. Uh, wear a mask if you want to wear a mask. Don't wear a mask if you, <laughs> if you don't want to wear, wear a mask. You know, whatever, man. Whatever. Everybody's going to do whatever they want anyway. That's what the world is right now. And you know what? I was going to say love is love, but, you know, probably half the people that listen probably wouldn't like, oh, I don't like that either. Don't like that. (laughs) But you know what? Love is love. You love whoever you Mm -hmm. want it to. Who cares? And uh, we have loved bringing this episode to you. And I love the Transition. fact, and I love the fact that this book is almost over. Then we get to watch the movie. Yeah, that's cool. Remember, I said I like the book more than the movie. Oh, so the movie is going to be worse. Cool. It'll be faster. So there's a lot of good. There's a lot of lot of big stuff to look forward to. Here on <laughs> we the, get to start the next book here on the podcast as we 
Record this in 2020. You're listening, or 2020. 2020. Oh my god. We just went back in time. Hold on. You too many turns. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Here in 2021. Hold on. Not there yet. (laughs) Here in 2022, as we record this, uh, whether you're listening to it in 2022 or listening to it in 2024, we have kept our 2022 New Year's resolution of two episodes a month. Actually, did three last month. Because because Catherine uh, demanded it, demanded it, and what Catherine wants, Catherine gets, and uh, so we got to do one more this month. Yes, knock gotta, it out. Got to fit it in. No, we don't have too much fun. It's May that I got. I'll be out of town twice in May. Oh, you're gallivanting around the country. I see. Coursing's back. Thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We will be back next time with the final chapter of harry potter and the goblet of fire special hello to jennifer in california jennifer says that i don't mention her and says that i don't say hi and bye to her so i'm gonna make sure that and i she mention take that one back jennifer in california uh jane and Catherine in illinois anastasia who doesn't have internet in connecticut <laughs> for a really long time too like Kick- Kelly, Ridiculously long. <laughs> Kelly and Posh and Olivia in Manhattan. And you, wherever you are. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you then. Bye.